You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now. Got my decider column. The start sits here for Week 16 is up, as well as the sleepers and bust picks here that you can check out from our staff there at Sporting News. And the pick straight up and against the spread. We broke down all the games in depth for you there, so check that out. But here... We uh, parlay that into our matchup shows, back-to-back shots of breaking down all the games, conveniently packaged in uh, talking about half today on Matchup Wednesday. We'll do the back half of games there on Matchup Thursday. So we're in the good part, uh, breaking down these games for you uh, to help you win your championship in a lot of leagues here in Week 16, deciding things before we get into Week 17. So uh, good stuff all around. And uh, the reminder, this week there are no Thursday games. There are, however, three Saturday games, and that's where we'll start instead this week. No TNF, but Saturday triple header. It's actually very compelling with some of the things going on for the playoff picture. But fantasy-wise, it's important too. And uh, the first game that we have on Saturday, it's potential fantasy bonanza here. The Texans and Buccaneers playing down in Tampa. It's a 49.5 over under. The Texans are slight road favorites in this one. The Bucks are 7-7. Seven and seven. The Raiders, you know, Texans are up to nine wins here. So you look at this uh, matchup overall, there should be a lot of scoring. We expect it. I think the game will go over here. The quarterbacks are very capable. Good receivers still from both sides. And uh, very weak secondaries and really not great uh, defenses there overall. Now let's uh, look at the Texans side of things. I think definitely Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. Those are the easy plays here. I wouldn't necessarily extend to Carlos Hyde. The Buccaneers have actually been very good against the run all year. We know that's been their calling card of their much improved defense. They've actually improved a little bit on the back end. Part of it is some of the opponents they've played late. I mean, they got uh, Nick Foles, and last week was David Blau. So I still think they're very weak on the back end there, so it can be exploited. You can definitely look to Will Fuller this week. He played, fought through a little bit with the hamstring. He should be active for this one. And then Kenny Stills has scored two touchdowns last week. A little bit of a hurt there if you had Hopkins or Fuller. But in uh, his uh, defense, his uh, production is kind of random and matchup based. So if you're really desperate and you want maybe dart throw here, maybe you're playing a tournament on Saturday, you can get look at Kenny Stills because he's the type of player, boom or bust there. But Will Fuller definitely has a lot of appeal in this matchup to extend from uh, Hopkins and uh, Watson in an absolute smash spot here to do some damage uh, because he's going to have to throw and uh, it's not looking as good again. For Hyde in the running game, I'm going to avoid there. I'm not extending Darren Fells either. I just don't know what you're going to get there at uh, tight end for the this uh, team. It's just very random when they do produce there. We know that. So Hopkins, Fuller, Watson is where you're going here and hope for a big game for all three working together in this one. Now, 
With the Buccaneers, Jameis Winston doesn't have his two top receivers, unfortunately. So championship round, we didn't have Mike Evans for the semifinals. Uh, we don't have Chris Godwin here for the finals. So that's a little tough, but Brashad Perryman came through last week with three touchdowns. Jameis Winston still spread the ball well after Godwin went down to that game. He was fine without Evans working to Perryman. He also did lose in that game Scotty Miller, who had returned a receiver they like a lot from a hamstring injury. So another receiver with a hamstring injury. He's been shut down here. So now you're looking at Rashad Perryman, Justin Watson, Ismail Hyman as your third receiver, the new guy there. And then uh, a tight end, of course, O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait. Bruce Arians has said they also want to involve the backs more in the passing game. So that's namely Ronald Jones and Dari Ogunwale. So they're different guys who can help Winston move the ball. The tight ends are going to be obviously key in this one, working in the middle of the field because Godwin was the slot guy. But I'm not going to go there with Cameron Braid in the championship week. I think I could definitely roll with O.J. Howard here. So Perryman and Howard are your guys here. Uh, you can't actually run on the Texans. The, the numbers were good at some point, and uh, I think the way they've contained that is by limiting volume. And I don't think you're going to have a game where Ronald Jones is going to get 25 touches, but he should be involved a little bit more in the passing game out of necessity there and on the earlier parts and not the forced uh, passing downs where Ogun Bowale will probably play a little bit more. So that helps Jones value a little bit. I just can't totally be behind him in this one because there's Peyton Barber factor, there's Ogun Bowale factor, and just the nature of this game might be where the Bucks have to throw a ton here as they get into a hole. That's good for Winston and whoever's out there with him. The capable guys, for sure, led by Perriman and Howard, but not uh, anything that I want to extend to in the running game or backfield uh, catching passes for the Buccaneers this week. The next game on Saturday is the 4.30 p.m. Eastern time game. It's the Bills and Patriots, and uh, this is a little bit different than the matinee. That It's only 38 point over under. That's 11.5 points less than the other game. The Patriots are favored here, so the employed totals... Six-and-a-half-point favorites the Patriots are. Not very high in this game at all. The first game we know is 16-10, to so well under this 38 in the first matchup. And the defenses are playing very well at the moment. And we know they dominated last week in the victories against AFC North opponents. So uh, there's not much that has to give here. I'm going to avoid everything I can, to be honest. And... I think with the Bills, Josh Allen, if you need him, he can run and get some value there. But he has a very low ceiling to me, maybe a decent floor, but not enough where I want to trust him because this could be also be pretty ugly for him on the road. He could have a meltdown game. So, I mean, if you're depending a lot on his running to get the production, I'm not going there in this particular week. I just want to avoid this game as much as possible. John Brown's probably going to get Stephon Gilmore, so if you have better options there as wide receiver two or three, I would go there. Cole Beasley, I'm not going to feel comfortable with him in this matchup. Devin Singletary, if you need him based on volume, you're playing him. But the Patriots, a little bit of a spike anomaly against Joe Mixon last week. They're typically good against the run as well. So I'm avoiding all Bills for sure. Uh, The Bills defense, if you need them, that's a different story because the Patriots have struggled of late as well, and the Bills really stymied them the first time. Patriots defense is a must-play here. Tom Brady you're avoiding. You're not going with any of the extra receivers. Sonny Michelle and James White don't feel very comfortable in this one. 
So Julian Edelman is the only Patriots guy I can recommend, and it's hard to do that after coming off a clunker game against the Bengals last week. He just doesn't look fully healthy. He added the knee to the shoulder. He's practicing on a limited basis here, so there's that. They might be a little bit concerned and careful with his usage here, but again, they need Edelman to move the ball. Someone has to move the ball to win the game for the Patriots. He just can't win with defense and special teams, but teams are going to be trying that both sides in this game. So anyway, it's just not a place where I want to invest too much offensively, and I definitely want to avoid it as much as possible in DFS if I'm playing anything on Saturday. But the Patrons and Bills defenses, again, might be the most enticing plays from this game and uh, not much else to see here. Well, it's been a great season here on Lockdown Fantasy Football. It's the holiday season as well. If you're looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to breakingtea.com slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams, passion, and moments. Great for all fans. Go to breakingtea.com slash locked on. Then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. One more game here to talk about in this Saturday slate, the Rams and 49ers. So more marquee value. Back up the point total to 45. Six and a half point favorites. Again, the home team is the 49ers here in this one. Let's break things down from their side. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is a little tough to trust. That Falcons game, you want a little bit more out of him. But it kind of became a grinding defensive type game. And I could see this one kind of breaking into that a little bit. The 49ers' uh, defense a little depleted. The Rams have some studs there in Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, but some of the other things are breaking down for them as well. But look at, I think the 49ers want to reestablish themselves a little bit with the running game and defense. And the Rams are hard to pass on in general. I mean, you saw what the Cowboys did to the Rams on the ground with their committee of Ezekiel Elliott mainly, and then a little bit of Tony Pollard, but he looked explosive. So I think what you're going to look for from the 49ers is a lot of uh, running here with Raheem Mostert, Matt Breida, and Tevin Coleman to try to control the clock and the action here to protect their defense a little bit in this one. So, again, I'm not totally against playing Jimmy Garoppolo. I just don't see him having a massively high ceiling in this game. Uh, Not a fan either of Emmanuel Sanders because he just so boomer bust. I mean, he had the massive game against the Saints, did nothing last week against the Falcons secondary. So hard to trust here. Debo Samuel's a rookie. He disappeared as well. We're not sure who's going to get the Jalen Ramsey treatment, who, by the way, did not play and was not a member of the Rams in the first matchup. So a lot of changes there. You could see uh, Ramsey Sanders things we didn't see in the first game at all there in this one. So I want to avoid that. You could also see Kendrick Bourne and Dante Pettis and Kyle Juszczyk and the backs and everyone get involved. The real the smash play here for sure, other than uh, Mostert maybe in the flex, is uh, looking at uh, George Kittle. I mean, he's just George Kittle. They basically had only eyes for Kittle last week, and it didn't turn out to a victory. But again, it's hard to spread the ball around against the Rams, and uh, they have really no one who can stick with Kittle in this particular game. Now, on the Rams side of things, Richard Sherman looks like he's going to be back for the 49ers. It's a surprise here. I thought they could shut him down, but the hamstring, he's feeling good. So that's not good news, mainly, I think, for Robert Woods here. I mean, Brand Cooks just is not doing anything. He's just kind of a decoy, deep threat, not involved in this passing game. Tyler Higbee 
gets a break, however, because uh, Jaquiski Tart, we'll see if he's out. He's a safety that's had a ribs issue. Uh, if he returns, then it's a little bit tougher for Higby as well. So this back end of the 49ers, D, maybe getting a little bit healthier. Maybe Kawan Williams in the slot returns. That uh, helps contain Cooper Cup a little bit. But I think you're still rolling out Woods and Cup and Higby and hoping for the best in this one. Again, we won't know the details of the 49ers' uh, defensive returns or not here until later in the week. But I say just based on what they're doing, I think you have to roll them out. I think, obviously, a downgrade here for Woods if Sherman is out there because he's been outstanding this season, shutting down a lot of receivers. So something to keep in mind there with uh, this game for you end up. So roll those people out. Todd Gurley could struggle a little bit, but he's getting touchdowns. He's getting work in the passing game. So for that alone, you have to play him this week. Jared Goff, I mean, he's put together the numbers. It's, again, not a high ceiling game, and the floor is okay if you need him. But I kind of don't love Goff and Garoppolo. I think if you're going to play one, I like Goff a little bit more because I think the volume is going to be a little higher in this game depending on the 49ers' defensive injuries. So there's a look there at your Saturday slate of games here for week 16. Still have got uh, five more games to talk about this show. We'll come back and talk about eight more games tomorrow. But first, got to tell you about Blue Chew. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Guys, we're talking about sex. We're talking about not just good sex, great sex. Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence back in bed. Listen up. All you have to do is go to BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable, the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you can benefit from more ben- confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line in the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in discreet package. Blue Chew is made in the USA, and because they prepare and ship directly to you, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And best of all, there's no more awkwardness. Right now, you have a deal, especially for you, the listener to Lockdown Fantasy Football. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. When you use the special promo code LOCKDOWN, all you do is pay the $5 shipping. against BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code LOCKDOWN, and try it for free. Blue Chew, the better, cheaper, and faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring Lockdown Fantasy Football. We'll be right back here to break down uh, three more games on the Week 16 slate. All right, uh, we've uh, talked about the Saturday games here to open the week. Now we'll turn our attention to the Sunday games, and we'll start with the Jaguars and Falcons here at 1 p.m. This is in Atlanta, 46.5 over under the Falcons, 7.5-point favorites. The Falcons having a surge here to save Dan Quinn, probably not so lucky for Doug Marone on the other side. But let's start with the Falcons. I mean, Julio Jones is going to dominate targets again. No Calvin Ridley. Austin Hooper's looked okay. I think if you need Hooper, you can play him, but not feeling great about it. In this tight end landscape, he's the best you can do. But Jones, red hot, had the big game, winning touchdown there against the 49ers. Nothing scary about A.J. Bowie in this matchup for Jones. So Jones, again, could be nice coming on down the stretch here to really smash things for you. We've been looking for that all season, but the real Julio Jones has arrived. So you should be busy. Devonta Freeman, I also like. The Jaguars have really broken down against the run 
they're soft in the middle. Their linebackers are terrible. Devonta Freeman could have his uh, second big game here in the latest stretch, the last coming against the Panthers. So, so Freeman and Jones are principal. If you need a Hooper, you can play him. Matt Ryan as well. He's playing in the Jordan in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the future current Georgia Dome, and that's where he typically plays better in his home environment. So all that adds up to uh, playing the Falcons principles. If you need him, and if we need the Falcons' defense, not a bad play. I mean, Gardner Minshew has played a little bit better, but this Jaguars offense still really struggling for the most part. DJ Chark probably is going to return here for the Jaguars. He was running and cutting early in the week. He might have had a chance if they weren't traveling so far last week. So I think with Chark, look for him to come back. The Falcons don't have Desmond Trufant there, so that really helps. So Chark has to be in your lineup, Leonard Fournette, too. Uh, Minshew, if you need him, I think he can string together 215-2 in this game. But again, the Falcons could force some mistakes from him as well. So I can't expect a big, big game as the Falcons can scheme well against the Jaguars in this one. So again, Chark and Fournette not going much there. I don't know if you can expect big games from either. I think Chark has a better chance to do things. But Fournette really uh, not putting together the numbers, especially minus the touchdowns this season. The next game that we'll talk about here on the slate is the Saints and Titans. And look, let's look at this one. It's 50 and a half, so another high total here. Another game involving an AFC South team with big numbers here. I think this game's going to go under. I don't see the way the Saints defense is playing. The Titans kind of grind things out. I don't necessarily see this game going as high as everyone thinks it is. The Saints are three-point favorites only. I actually like them on the road in this one. I think people are looking too much into the uh, away element narrative, but it's Nashville. It's not like he's stepping into the frozen tundra here and they can't throw the ball and all that stuff. And they really can't run the ball as well as you think either, so they have to throw the ball a little bit. Titans do have Logan Ryan at cornerback, but not much else. They're kind of depleted on the back end at this point. Drew Brees likes to find the matchups and pick things apart. He's red hot. 29-30, it's at the touchdown record, all that good stuff. So Drew Brees, keep playing him. I mean, this could be a league winner as well with his uh, two big performances in the playoffs so far for fantasy. I think he keeps it up here. So don't shy away from Brees. Don't fall in the narrative trap here. Titans simply are not as good on the back end, and it's hard to run against them. So there you have it there for Brees. And then don't get cute here. Still starting uh, Michael Thomas, of course, Jared Cook against the Titans, his former team. The, the Titans do give up a lot to the tight end. That's it there in the receiving core, but certainly going with Alvin Kamara again. PPR especially, he's going to get the volume you need here. May not get the touchdowns, but Kamara still viable. Therefore, yeah, I wouldn't go beyond that. So basically Thomas, Kamara, and Cook around Drew Brees like we normally do. And if you need the Saints D, they can make a lot of plays. We know that uh, they have a shot here. It's Ryan Tannehill who's due for a bad turnover game at some point with his volume and production as well. Now, on the Titans side of things, uh, Tannehill stays in your lineup. A.J. Brown stays in your lineup in most leagues, but if you have an alternative, and you might, given that Brown has only come on strong, if you've got three better receivers, I think you can certainly go there uh, because uh, Brown does get the Marshawn Lattimore treatment probably a little bit in this game. Everyone knows that he's broken out here, so I think there's going to be a lot more attention on him from the Saints secondary. So, with Corey Davis not doing much, I think that certainly could be the case. So if you got again, better, safer options with better matchups, I would go with that over A.J. Brown. If not, uh, he may be your best option. You just roll with him 
Now, Corey Davis is a little bit of a deep DFS sleeper because of the attention that Brown might get. Uh, looking at uh, Derrick Henry, Saints' uh, run defense actually showed up very well against the Colts. Everything showed up well against the Colts, but they can be vulnerable without uh, one Sheldon Rankins there in the middle of the field. So Derrick Henry, you're going to start as usual. The hamstring is bothering him a little bit. We know that. He's in and out of the lineup. But he should rebound here, do his der- typical Derrick Henry things. I think 100 and a score are certainly in the offing there. But Tannehill, you're definitely playing. I wouldn't go beyond Brown if you need him. If you don't need Brown, you got some better guys you can go with, I would go there. And Henry just stays in your lineup as usual. In this one, you're not starting the Titans' defense. The next game we'll talk about is the Giants and the Redskins here, also at 1 p.m. Now, this is a sneaky source of production. The Redskins are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home, 42, so pretty low number here. Let's look at the Redskins really quick. Uh, Dwayne Haskins might be a DFS play. Uh, There he's really cheap to put in your lineup if you really want to do that. I mean, you might as well if you're going to attach him to Terry McLaurin. I think that's how you would do it. But McLaurin is a must-start here as a wide receiver 2 slash wide receiver 3. Adrian Peterson, keep starting him with the volume he's getting without Darius Geis. So really that's all you know and need here from this team. McLaurin and Peterson. And maybe if you want to start the Redskins D, they've had some good performances like the Lions game at home in the past against mistake-prone offenses. And the Giants certainly are one of those, whether it's uh, Daniel Jones, who we – Think is iffy to return with the ankle or Eli Manning if he plays another game after throwing three picks last week. We want to see what that situation is. Maybe you can find some value there against the Redskins secondary with one of those QBs. But otherwise, uh, you can play Sterling Shepard. You can play Darius Slayton. You can play Golden Tate in this one and hope for some uh, numbers there. They don't have Evan Ingram or tight end value, so they really need to use those three receivers a lot in the passing game. Saquon Barkley coming off a monster game against the Dolphins. He stays in there as well. So that ties in where you can look at Manning or Jones and just be wary of the turnovers that could really cut into their production this week on the road in this game. But the principles, Barkley, Slayton is too hot to bench right now. Tate is making some plays, and Shepard looking good again as well without Ingram in there, who's put on injured reserve here this week. So there's a look at now six games. We still have two more to talk about in our final segment. First, got to tell you about Casper. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NFL and using locked NFL at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com slash offers. We'll be right back here to close our first half of our matchup look here with a look at the Steelers, Jets, and Bengals, Dolphins. All right, uh, two more games we'll get to on this program, but don't worry, we will get to all the games here in Week 16. We'll break down the rest, the back half of the games, all the way through uh, Sunday night and Monday night on our matchup Thursday game. But two more 1 p.m. games I'd like to talk about on this show. It's the... uh, Steelers and Jets here. The Steelers are three-point favorites on the road, so maybe a six on a neutral field. It's a 38 over under, so another low-scoring game we're expecting. Let's start with the Steelers, shall we? Devlin Hodges, a.k.a. Duck, is starting again for them this week. Now, if you need Deontay Johnson or James Washington, I think James Washington is a viable wide receiver three and more 
12-team type leagues and standard because he's a little bit big play dependent. You can look there. Deontay Johnson may be a little deeper PPR, but we know the Jets' secondary stinks. They allow a lot of things down the field. They do have a good pass rush and blitz, and they could get to Hodges, but Hodges is also a deep thrower. There's not much of checkdowns that really get the Steelers going. What they try to do is run, grind a little bit, but make one or two plays in the passing game to win games with Hodges. That's been their M.O. since they've been there. So Washington feels a little bit better of a play than Johnson this week, just being a little bit more experienced and playing better and producing a little bit better of late as well. Now, James Conner I don't love in this game. I mean, he got lucky there with the receiving touchdown. It was a tough game there against the Bills. The Jets have been equally tough on running backs this year. I mean, last week it was different with Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram, much better offense they're facing. The Steelers are not an explosive offense, which makes the Jets scare. So they'll grind away, but I think they'll more win with field goals here. It may not just piece together a great game for Connor, especially with other backs being involved and uh, maybe needing to throw a little bit more to win this game. I just don't see the Steelers scoring a lot of points. I mean, they could be around 13 or 20 in that range this week. So and they could probably still win the game doing that. So, again, Connor not recommending if you've got better options this week. You might be stuck with him as an RB2, however, this week. Now, you might be stuck with Le'Veon Bell as an RB2. If he's going to come through in any game, you would think this is it. But he's going to need some volume against the Steelers. They're very good against the run. Revenge game narrative aside, uh, Adam Gase has to give him the ball and throw to him in the passing game there to have a uh, shot here. But he'll still be viable, just not exciting just by the volume alone you're playing him. Maybe he'll get a little bit motivated. They'll give him the ball near the goal line and all that, and that could end up very well to cap a weird and uh, really disappointing season if you drafted Le'Veon Bell highly as an RB1 or RB2 uh, there this season. So not expecting a whole lot from him, but, again, he's probably your best option at this point. In the past game, avoiding Robbie Anderson, James Crowder, I don't think they'll duplicate what they did against the Ravens secondary against the Steelers defense this week. Sam Darnold not going there. But uh, Bell, again, that's what you're stuck with in playing. The Jets defense, not a bad play if you're stuck here. I mean, we saw Duck Hodges turn over the ball four times. Obviously, Steelers defense, a great play. I think those are the two best plays in this game, much like the Bills and Patriots in their respective game. And finally, we'll break down the Bengals and Dolphins. Why? Because somebody has to. and Might as well be us here. Looking at the Dolphins, they're one-point favorites at home, 47 over-under, so not a bad total tied to how bad the defenses are, to be honest with you. But let's start with the Dolphins at home here. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Bengals can be trickily good against a pass, but part of it is they're so bad against the run and teams have run wild on them where you haven't needed a pass. Well, the Dolphins are not very good at running the ball, so they might have to throw a little bit more. Where the Bengals are strong here, especially is in the slot you saw the production of Edelman, but they can be a little bit vulnerable outside. So Devontae Parker, you're still sticking with in this game. If you really need Fitzpatrick in a deeper league situation, 2QB league, you can play him there. I don't wouldn't put him in my top 12 this week if you're in that size league, but I, I think certainly he has some viability because he runs a little bit as well, and Parker's really helping produce, and uh, some other guys could get involved given how bad the Bengals' defense is overall to get him the numbers. It just, again, I don't expect really high ceiling game from him pretty uh, high floor but not too exciting otherwise we'll see about Patrick Laird and Miles Gaskin one of them could be the so-called hot hand in this game they rotated them pretty evenly 
And uh, again, Laird looks pretty good, but we know Gaskin is right on his heels here, and he may be the better pure runner there, and he might be the guy that goes off. So in a tournament play, I might look at Laird or Gaskin, one of them to go off. Gaskin, a little bit more appeal because you know he's going to be cheaper throw there. But in reality, I would not want to go there with either of these backs. It's hard to know who's going to get the touches because it's very boom or bust, and uh, the game flow necessarily may not work in the Dolphins favor where uh, both backs can stay active running now the Bengals Andy Dalton not a bad streaming option again outside my top 12 but two QB leagues DFS you can definitely look at Andy Dalton this week that's because I like Tyler Boyd's matchup I think they can get some things done with the tight ends and uh, the other receivers that they're doing by committee here without AJ Green and and Auden Tate John Ross could make a big play against the Dolphins as well so again, Andy Dalton not a bad streamer this week deeper leagues and all that and uh, Tyler Boyd looking like a top 10 to 15 wide receiver this week just by volume alone in this game. And, of course, Joe Mixon, I mean, he's the ticket to maybe a championship, got massive volume. They stopped running him against the Patriots, or he could have had 200 yards in that game once they got behind. But they shouldn't fall behind here. And the Dolphins stink against the run, allowed Saquon to go off last week. So if Mixon is getting 25 to 30 touches once again, you can have a big day. And I think I would like him in a lot of my DFS lineups as the core here. But Mixon, if you got him in season long, he's an RB1 this week. I think that's how good the matchup is. And we know that's what his volume has been like here. He's, in a way, the better version of Leonard Fournette at this point in terms of production talent and uh, potentials for touchdowns there. As far as defenses, I mean, if you're desperate, you can look at the Bengals and Dolphins, but I just don't want to go there in a game that could turn out to be higher scoring as the 47-point total indicates. So there you have it. There's a look at the first half of games here in Week 16 on Matchup Wednesday. As would follow, we still have to hit the second half of games on Matchup Thursday, uh, funny enough. So we'll come back and do that for you. And uh, don't forget, we'll also have a Friday show Lineup Friday, where we really focus in and uh, dive deeply in DFS with our DraftKings lineups and give you the injury updates you need to know all important here in Week 16 going into Saturday, Sunday, and Monday's games. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time.